I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. Praise the Lord. This is Taylor of preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life podcast via madeupmind.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And today's topic is boyfriendication three. There has been boyfriendication parts one and two. Now we are at boyfriendication part three. This might be the last one. There are so many ways that the word goes when you start studying and digging deep. But, you know, in so many words, uh, we, we, we got to cut it off at some point, because to me, this is endless. It's endless because the truth continues to reveal itself and speak for itself the longer we live. So let's get into this. We're coming out of uh, we're going to come out of a one verse. First Corinthians chapter seven. But I want to start out with two articles. These are news articles that continue to show up just about every day in the United States of America and really the world. Because we have the Internet, you can find or get plugged into various news outlets and find out what's going on all over. So let's go to the first uh, news story. And if you want to find these, you can just Google what I'm going to tell you. So the first story, just Google shooting megachurch iowa or iowa depending on where you're from again google shooting megachurch iowa at the end of the day this was a case where two ladies went to a megachurch they went to church for youth ministries about 6 p.m they show up at the church parking lot and they are on the way in or doesn't really say what happened in the parking lot they were just in the parking lot Two ladies, they were young ladies. All of a sudden, they were in their early 20s. All of a sudden, a man comes up, gets out of his car. He then shoots both of those ladies and kills them, and then he kills himself. That's the first story. We're going to unpack these one after the other. So, again, shooting megachurch, Iowa. So, three people died. Right in that church parking lot, the two ladies and the and the gunman ended up turning, you know, the weapon on himself. Finally, the next story that we're going to unpack is a nine year old. This is what you Google. This happened, I think, yesterday. Um, nine year old executed Houston again. Google nine year old executed Houston. This was a story where a lady was in her house with her nine year old daughter. The ex-boyfriend comes over and he is uh, demanding that she give him his TV back. So they get into it and he says, hey, give me your phone. So he come over there saying, give my TV back. Then he, he have the nerve to say, now give me that phone. The woman ends up giving the man the phone. One thing leads to another. They start arguing. The man, the ex-boyfriend goes into the back of the apartment 
where the daughter is and she hears a gunshot go off. The man killed the girl. She was nine years old. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Boyfriendication 3. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love. Folks, let's get into this. This is very sad. I want to give a disclaimer. I am not in any way bashing the women or the victims in this scenario. I am simply stating the facts and trying to look at this out from an outside perspective through a biblical lens. So this is for us and those who are listening. If you're in a relationship, if you have a boyfriend, uh, if you are the boyfriend, um, there, there's so many different uh, qualifications of, you know, what what you might be. There are a wide variety of listeners. Again, this is for you to consider your life. Not we can't do nothing about those who are deceased. The nine year old girl. It is sad, but she's deceased. The two ladies who were killed in that parking lot and the gunman, the guy who turned the gun on himself, they are all deceased. We cannot bring them back to life. It is done. It's a done deal for them. But while you are alive, may you hear something that will give you some truth to pass on or truth to apply yourself. So instead of sharing these goofy, silly, fictitious, childish, uh, whatever, TikTok videos and all this. Oh, look at this guy. He fell and he hit his head and all that kind of stuff. If you are a Christ follower, we need you to start sharing this truth, because I'm telling you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief come, but to kill, steal and destroy. If we look around the world, we will see many people being destroyed and Christians that are being destroyed because they fail to obey Jesus in faith. They fail to have faith in God and do what his words say. Now, of course. You never want to give a preacher a microphone because he can talk and talk and talk. And I, I know I, I, I hey, I, I'm one of those guys. So let's get into this word. I got three points and a few verses to go through. I'm going to try to piece this thing together. Okay, the first story. Shooting megachurch, Iowa. The second story, nine-year-old executed Houston. Okay, first point is this. What makes these women pick these men since they are, you know, the victims. It's always the women and children who tend to suffer as a result of these crazy men. Seemingly there are stories where women attack, but you know, 9.9 times out of 10, all of these boyfriendication scenarios are the men who, you know, they do something and then the women and or children end up being victims. So the first point is, what makes these women pick these men? Here's what I want to say to women, if you are listening, females, biological females. I got to say that it's 2022. Yes, we got to make it scientifically, medically and biologically play. OK, now, women, there are three verses I want to share with you, because even in my time as a chaplain, you keep seeing the same thing over and over again. You'll see a good hearted woman and she's with some man that is not any good. Why this is the pattern? I have no idea. 
I'm already married. I'm not even worried about it. I'm just trying to help somebody else. So here's a, here's a couple verses for you, ladies. Let's go with uh, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. I'm not going to read these to you. These are references for you to look up on your own. The first verse is Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. What I like about this is it asks the question, verse 10, King James reads, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The question says, who can find a virtuous woman? Verse 11 in this same uh, Proverbs 31, 11 says the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. It did not say the heart of her boyfriend. Folks, if you read the Bible, there is no such thing as dating. Don't you know that dating from the Western context is relatively new when it comes to human existence? All around the world, the reason why societies like India and Pakistan and Vietnam and all these places that are very rich in culture despise dating is because they understand the peril of what dating brings. Dating is like try it before you buy it and all that. Well, if you just read the Bible, you will see dating is not in the Bible, folks. Now, am I telling you that you're going to hell because you're dating? No. What I'm giving you is God's best scenario. God's best scenario will keep you from being a victim of boyfriend friendication. That's my point. OK, so again, Proverbs 31 10 and 11, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? That automatically tell you from the wisest, richest man that ever lived, the king who was placed by God over the nation of Israel. He is asking the question, who can find a virtuous woman? That lets you know that most women are not the virtuous kind. So men, hello, pay attention. Who can find a virtuous woman? In other words, she's not mainstream. She ain't the loud mouth girls uh, on uh, YouTube and TikTok and all this other social media. That's not what, how a virtuous woman carries herself. If you can see her and she's noticeable and loud and all that out in the open, that chances are that's not a virtuous woman. Again, that's just something for you to think about if the richest, wisest man who wrote this book of the Bible, Proverbs, put it in here. He says, who can find? A virtuous woman. So that lets you know it's not an easy task. The next verse, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. I'm just reading King James. I like King James. I'm not one of these. King James is the only Bible and all of the trend. That's not that. I'm not going to get into that. But the point is, it does not say the heart of her boyfriend, a virtuous woman, is not going to be endlessly dating. A virtuous woman is not going to have a boyfriend long. A virtuous woman has her heart set on marriage. And I could keep on going, but that's the first verse I want to reference to you. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. The question that was asked was, what makes a woman pick these men since they or their children end up being the victim? The second verse I want to give you that goes with this point is first Peter three, one through six. Some of you might already know these verses, but remember 
2 Timothy 3 tells us we're in the last days. It means that people are hating the truth. They despise the truth. They have itching ears. They would rather go to somebody who's going to tell them what they want to hear than to hear the truth. 1 Peter 3, 1, King James, likewise, ye wise, be in subjection to your own husbands. Other translations say submit your own or submit yourselves to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be, be they also may without a word be won by the conversation of their wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. I can keep reading. I'm going to skip down to verse four. It says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Ladies and gentlemen, this Bible verse, this text, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, this is a reference. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to make this too long, but the, the, basically what this says is the, this is the kind of woman that is a woman of God and comes from a lineage of godly women, quiet, gentle, submissive, submissive unto their own husbands, subjection. They're putting themselves in subjection unto their own husbands. Again, we can't we don't want to exhaust this. I can do that another time. The point I'm saying is what makes these women pick these men? They are not quiet, gentle or submissive. This is again, you have to read these boyfriendification articles all over the country and the world. These kind of women are not around today. It's not that every one of these women in the boyfriendification are not good women. What I'm saying is once again, you don't see boyfriend in this text. You see, it says, I'm going to a different translation. First Peter three, I'm reading out of the contemporary English version. If you are a wife, you must put your husband first. Even if he opposes our message, you will win him over by what you do. No one else will have to say anything to him because he will see how you honor God and live a pure life. Skipping down to verse four, be beautiful in your heart by being gentle and quiet. This kind of beauty will last and God considers it very special. Five, long ago, those women who worshiped God and put their hope in him made themselves beautiful by putting their husbands first. For example, Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her true children if you do right and don't let anything frighten you. Ladies and gentlemen, quiet, gentle, submissive. These are the kind of women, again, they're not around today because society, especially in America and through feminism, which we don't have time to get into all of that today, they frown upon these kinds of women. They bash and bully and spit on these kinds of women. 
You don't have to take my word for it. Go to your next, even your own Bible study. Go to your next small group and say something along the lines of, I want to be a quiet, gentle, and submissive woman to my husband. I want to obey my husband and call him Lord or whatever. Just start, just bring this text up and start speaking on it and watch those sisters around you. Watch how they snarl and snag and, you know, growl and snap their teeth at you. And you're going to see what I'm saying. These kinds of women are not around today because if they were around, chances are they would not pick a kind of man like this guy who would be so upset that he come back to the church after they already broke up and then he kills them too and kills himself. Folks, I'm not trying to make this real long. There's so many places I can go, but that's, the, that's you know, there's only so much time. Let me keep it moving. This is the third verse under the question. What makes the woman pick these men? But let's just read what this says. Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, King James Version. It says... Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In everything. Once again, most women today can't stand these verses. Oh, it doesn't mean that. What does it mean? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. We, again, we can't go there. However, this verse for the third time, what have you heard and what haven't you heard? You have heard a reference for the third time to husband and wife, husband and wife. And now in this text, husband and wife, all three scripture references that I gave you, Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, they all speak of husband and wife. They do not speak of boyfriend and girlfriend. God's best for male and female to be in companionship and, and be together is marriage. It is not dating. Hence, boyfriendication continues to be on the rise. Let's move on to the second point that we have. The second thing we notice about both of these stories, and especially uh, the, the, the story that started it all about this uh, black female entrepreneur. She was doing a great thing down in, um, I think, Houston or Dallas. She had this therapeutic type of business where people can come into this room and break things to get their stress out and talk and get counseling and therapy. And she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Or by her boyfriend. He, they were still dating at the time. They were trying to get married, getting some kind of marriage counseling. But the point is, he killed her. And that was the story that set it off. It was just so sad, especially when you read of all the accolades of the woman who was just trying to help uh, make a difference in the world. The second point is this. They typically, these couples, they have no community and no wisdom. No community. They avoid it because they don't want accountability. The avoidance of accountability is common today. These folks, whatever they call them, uh, millennials and all that, I don't keep up with all those terms, but people born about 30 and under, this new generation, they don't want accountability. They run from any type of wise person trying to speak truth. 
And that's the problem. That's how we have progressed to now you can't know. They call it, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, cancel culture. Now nobody wants nobody to say anything about anything. If I eat a crayon, don't say you can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't judge me. If I pull my pants down in public, you can't judge me. I, I'm just trying to relieve myself. If I fill in the blank. And now nobody can say nothing about nothing because this is the generation that says, I don't want to hear what's right. So here are a few verses that go along with the second point, which is they did not have any community, which means they did not have any wisdom. They were simply trying to avoid accountability. Proverbs eleven fourteen. This is the King James version. It says where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This is exactly why businesses and organizations have boards, committees. They, they've got some power brains on the table to help them operate. And the same thing with churches. If you're at a church and there is not elders, as the Bible would say, hey, I would tell you to pray and go somewhere else. You, you got to have some elders. This is what Paul told Titus in Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, specifically Titus 1. He said, hey, appoint elders as I have ordained you. He, he, he brought Titus to do that. And we see that where there is no counsel, the people fall again, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That's Proverbs eleven fourteen. Let's go right next door to uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty three, King James version. It reads, "A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is!" The reason counseling or counselors or accountability is is has an advantage or can work and oftentimes does is because somebody there is going to have the ability by God to speak a word a spoken word a word spoken in due season how good it is that's what typically happens when you get around a collection of people and you share what's going on hey these are my plans hey I'm thinking about doing this in this case, hey, I, I'm, I'm wanting to get married. I'm at the place in life where I want to get married. All of those types of scenarios would do so much better with wisdom than without. The last verse, I'm going to save that one until the end. That's going to be the verse that summarizes this boyfriend occasion three. It is so powerful. Okay, but let me move on to my final point as we wrap up again. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Go and go to MadeUpMind.com, download the free music, share it. This is free Christian rap music. If you change your music, you'll change your life. Most Christians don't listen to Christian music. I'm going to tell you that now. Or they don't listen to nearly as much Christian music as they do worldly music. So, hey, I'm putting it out there. That's why we're giving it out for free, especially your parents, where you have no idea what's on your children's Bluetooth devices and all types of stuff. There's no excuse. Hey, I'm being a person saying, parents, hey, fight back. Take your home back. Can't go there right now. Listen, third point is this. Sin oftentimes has collateral damage. 
is collateral destructive damage. Again, I'll say that last point. Sin oftentimes has collateral damage. Now, I'm going to try to put this together according to the notes that I have. It's hard when, when you it's kind of like, you know, it's hard to uh, like a trained boxer, a trained boxer. If you strike at a trained boxer, chances are they're not just going to pop you one time. When you try to swing at them, that training kicks in, those reflexes kick, kick in, and they're going to hit you with a five, six combo before you even know it. It's almost like they can't undo what they've been trained to do. And that's how it is when you study the Bible. When you study the Bible, you realize that it's incomplete if you just say one thing or show one side or make one point or go to one verse. It, it just It's just constantly expanding and moving and going and growing. And that's that's the word of God, because it is God's living word. His word is living and active, says Hebrews 412. We, we can't. It's just so good in that way. OK, but let me break this down when it comes to um, let's use the the uh, shooting, the, the shooting at the Iowa, the, the mega church shooting. We'll just stick with that to unpack these points here, these final points. All right. First of all, you had two that got an argument. So it's typically the boyfriend and the girlfriend that have some kind of beef. The boyfriend and girlfriend argue. The boyfriend don't want to break up. The girlfriend do something like that. Two people have a disagreement and or they break up. In this case, they broke up, but the girlfriend died. The friend next to the girlfriend died and the ex-boyfriend died. Do you see the collateral damage of one sin? What was the sin? We can't see what's in their hearts. Was it the fornication they had before the breakup? Was it that last wild time at the hotel before they broke up? We don't know. Was it the, the kiss in the back seat and all that mess? We don't know. Was it the sexting that was going on between the two? We don't know what, what particular sin led to the collateral damage. All we know is after sin, here comes this collateral damage that took three lives. Now, as an illustration to show collateral damage, I'm going to read to you three different uh, verses in Proverbs. Proverbs is loaded with wisdom for life, wisdom for living, wisdom on how to please God, wisdom on being content. It's just too much wisdom in that one book. But let's go down to Proverbs 5, 21 through 23. Hopefully this will show you some how the collateral uh, damage of sin operates proverbs 5 21 through 23 king james for the ways of a man are before the eyes of the lord and he pondereth all his goings his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins he shall die without instruction and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Now, let me read that. Let me read that same text in a different translation. Let's go to the contemporary English translation. Same text, Proverbs 5, 21 through 23, contemporary English version. It says the Lord sees everything and he watches us closely. Sinners are trapped and caught by their own evil deeds. They get lost 
and die because their foolishness and lack of self-control. Oh, my goodness. Folks, did you see that? Do you see the, the combination, the formula of what happens when sin progresses? Again, verse 22, sinners are trapped. Sinners are caught. Sinners get lost. Sinners die. Sinners have foolishness and sinners have a lack of self-control. That is a collateral damage multi-layer packed sin sandwich folks that's why sin it is is very very destructive let me keep going the next verse is right next door this is proverbs 6 and 26 verse 26 let's read out of the king james for by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the pre precious life. Did you see that? A man is brought to a piece of bread. Folks, if a man or when a man is brought to a piece of bread, that's not a snap, crackle, and pop process. That don't happen just at the snap of a finger. It's typically a slow, grueling process. Let me read in the contemporary English version the same verse. This is Proverbs 626 contemporary English version. A woman who sells her love can be bought for as little as the price of a meal, but making love to another man's wife will cost you everything. You might start out with a thousand things, but this verse says in the end, it will cost you every last one of those thousand things. It might be a tornado in one year and then a hurricane in the next year. And after those two, the house is completely wiped out. It never had a chance to recover, you know? So at the end of the day, hopefully you see the collateral damage in that verse. And we have one final verse to uh, illustrate collateral damage of sin. And that's Proverbs 7 verses 21 through 23. I need to get back to the King James version. We're following the same pattern. I love how words bring understanding. If we take the time to read and study Proverbs 21, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 7, 21 through 23 King James with her much fair speech. She caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips. She forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dart strike through his liver. Ooh, that sound like it hurts as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Oh, poor little animals. Those who hunt know, which I don't, but if you watch hunting, these animals have no idea what's going on. That's how this man is in this verse. Let's read the same text, contemporary English version. Proverbs 7, 21 through 23. And so she tricked him with all of her sweet talk and her flattery. At once he followed her like an ox on the way to be slaughtered or like a fool on the way to be punished and killed with arrows. He was no more than a bird rushing into a trap without knowing it would cost him his life. He was seduced. He followed like a dummy. 
like an ox to be slaughtered, like a fool on the way to be punished and killed with arrows. But this joker didn't know you going to die. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life podcast via madeupmind.com. That last point that I wanted to share with you that I did share with you is sin oftentimes has collateral damage, collateral destructive damage. Now, I'm going to finish with this one verse, because to me, my plea to every listener listening right now is life without Christ is life not worth living. You haven't lived until you live for Jesus. Real life after the resurrection is the promise of eternal life. That's what eternal life is. Everything has a lifespan. Tablets, pens, paper bags, paper uh, buildings, chairs, people, dogs, frogs. Every single thing created has a lifespan. Span. This is why engineers have to check bridges. How long has that bridge been built? Let's go check to make sure everything's okay. Sometimes they got to swipe, swap out parts. Sometimes they got to shut the bridge down. They had to do that in Memphis. They checked both bridges because one bridge had some stuff that broke. And and in and, and so many words, everything has a lifespan. John 14, 6, Jesus tells us, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes unto the father except through me. Let's look at those three words, way, truth, and life. Here's what I give you today. This is me telling you that way mean way equals means way equals means. It's like a road, a ladder, a rope, a truck skates, a bike. It is the means. Jesus is telling us, I am the means. I am the means to Jesus. It's, I mean, to God. It's me. I am the means, the door. I, it's me. So Jesus is the way. He is the means. Jesus is the truth. I'll tell you the truth that he's speaking of is Jesus is precise, exact, and correct. I just came from the parts store. When you go to a get a part for your car, they always ask some basic questions. What's the year making model? What's the motor size? Automatic or transmission? Does it have this, that, and the other? They'll ask you all types of stuff because they want to make sure they get you the right part. I cannot take the alternator from a Volkswagen Jetta and take that alternator and put it in a Ford F-150. Chances are it's not putting out the right electrical current, etc., etc. It needs to be exact, precise, and correct, or you can't fix the car. Jesus is saying to us as human beings, I am not only the way or the means, I am the truth. I am precise, exact, and correct for you as a human being. Jesus says, I am the life, which to me, I'll, I'll tell you in one way to think about it is he is the optimal human he is the optimal human existence. Jesus is the one who will give you the optimal human existence. You can be like P. 
pick a celebrity, a celebrated person anywhere in the world. If being famous or being rich or living in the suburbs or the good life or the American dream or being like the, the guy over North Korea who's got all the whole country's resources at his disposal. If that was what it meant to have the optimal human existence, then in those places, it would be no sin. In those places, it wouldn't be no crime. It wouldn't be no harm. It wouldn't be no murder. It wouldn't be no oppression. It wouldn't be no divorce. And all these perils would be eliminated. But the truth is, pretty girls, celebrities, kings, and politicians are not exempt from the perils of sin because those things and those people in those places and statuses are not the optimal human existence. I can't think of the last recent uh, person, but it won't be long. It happens all the time. You know, I'm not following everything. But for example, let's take the Will Smith slap, you know, about a few months ago. Now, he done made plenty of millions. This man been around since I was a kid. He done made plenty of millions, got plenty of money. You know, he's got his wife and children, his mansions, he's has cars and all that. Well, why would he slap uh, the, the guy? Why would he slap Chris Rock? You got it made, brother. I mean, what? What? who cares what he say? That don't make her less your wife. It don't make you poorer. It doesn't make you less Will Smith. So why did you have to get him and slap the guy in the mouth? Once again, something in your heart, jealousy, anger, etc. Again, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not celebrity, not rich, not famous, not all this social media likes and following. Those things don't give you the optimal human existence. Here's a good example as we wrap up. The example is this. What was a car made for? A car has tires and windows and seats and switches and buttons and features and air conditioning and heat and windshield wipers, a horn, lights, seat belts and flow mats. And, you know, it's got all kinds of stuff in there. But what was a car made for? I will tell you, a car was made for you to drive far, long, and fast. If you can drive a car fast, you can drive it slow. If you can drive a car long, you can drive it short. If you can drive a car in 10 years, you can drive a car in one year. The point I'm making is the speedometer, typically 140 or 150, 160 miles per hour, we can't drive that fast here on the streets of America. We got people that try. But according to law, 75 is probably the most you can drive anywhere in the country. But the point is, you can drive 25 if you can drive 75. So that's what a car is made for. Well, what good is the car if it is not driven, if it can't run? It doesn't have any value or the value is drastically diminished. Uh, that's a person who's living apart from Jesus Christ. They don't have the way or the means. They don't have the truth. They don't have the precise, exact and correct elements to live. And they don't have the life. They can't come to experience the optimal human existence apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus again says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So folks, boyfriendication, it has been a combination of boyfriend and fornication. Something I was just, you know, I whipped up one day. But 
let's look at that last verse that I told you. There's two more verses we're going to read. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 1 and 2, ESV. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. All right. Let me read King James. Same verse. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Ladies and gentlemen, for the fourth time, I've read to you marriage, husband, wife, not boyfriend, girlfriend. You're not going to find that in the Bible. Do people end up having eyes for each other in the Bible? Yes, we see that in various places, sometimes for the wrong reason. I'm thinking of King David or uh, Tamar, you know, the story of King David and how his son raped his daughter and all that. What I'm saying is marriage is God's optimal choice. That's his best case scenario for men and women who want to be together. So again, let's look at verse two, this one word, which will take us home and close out this podcast, boyfriend occasion three. I, I'm hoping that you like this, that you share this. We all know people who we think is, is not making the right decision when it comes to mating and dating. You know, girl, what he doing with what, what is he doing with her, et cetera, et cetera. You ain't got to beat them up. Just send them to the preacher. You ain't even, they ain't even got to go to church. Just share them a link and let them listen to it. Say, listen to this. You know how to share and like. It's 2022. And you know somebody with this word can work. This ain't my word. This is God's word. Let God work in somebody else's life other than your own. So share this one or two times. Again, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. That's what the Bible says. It does not say let every man have his own girlfriend or let every woman have her own boyfriend, please. Now, let's look at this word fornication. Fornication, if you look at it in the Greek, is from the word pornea. And pornea is where we get the word pornography or porn. What it means is selling off sexual purity. Did you hear that? Selling off sexual purity, whether for gain or lust. The, the, the word that comes up when you look at pornea is prostitute. Nowhere in the world is prostitute smiled upon. Now, they got human trafficking and they got what's called. They're, they're changing the terminology to sex workers or sex work. But prostitution is an age old since the beginning of time. It's never smiled upon. A virtuous woman is not ever going to be thinking about prostitution. But pornea, porn, selling off sexual purity, whether for gain or lust. Some girls just watch rap videos and they start twerking in high school and one or two or three boys make a comment and they start lusting after the boys who comment and, and they don't want no money. They just lustful, promiscuous. 
They roam around like an acorn just rolling on the ground from, from point to point to point. They go from man to man to man. That's one, that's promiscuous, promiscuity. Nowadays, you got women who sleep around just like men do. You know, it ain't no different. Used to say a man ain't nothing but a dog. Well, what is a woman that sleep around? Anyway, the point I'm saying is that is the word fornication right there in first corinthians 7 2 pornea selling off sexual impurity whether for gain or lust it puts you in the the ballpark or the bowl of prostitute now here's what i want you to think about as we close and read this final verse prostitute if you look it up it means to lower in character dignity and quality to lower in character, dignity, and quality is what a prostitute is defined as. The reason why that is important is because when we look at these sad and despicable cases of boyfriendication, that they're, they're just too many. The ones that I pick are just the tip of the iceberg. They're, 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 it's just too many of these same scenarios. That's why I got the impression to go ahead and start trying to speak about it. But there are so many women the society would call their well-meaning. But here's the thing. When you sleep around, please know that according to the Bible and that word fornication, you are lowering yourself in character, dignity, and quality. I give the illustration to my sons like this. Do you want a used car or you want a new car? If you had $30,000 to buy a car, would you buy a new one or would you buy a used one? In that illustration, the $30,000 is virginity. The used car are girls who, who done, you know, they've already had sex. They're not pure. And the new car is the, the virgin. So that's daddy's parable. Okay. Everybody wants a new car. Two things people want as new as they can get. And that's houses and cars. So when you prostitute, when you sleep around, when you fornicate, when you sit here and boyfriendication one month and two months and three months and one, two, three years, you are constantly lowering, you're lowering in character, dignity and quality, says the word of God. That's why you heard me say for the fourth time in those various texts God says husband, wife, marriage. He don't say boyfriend and girlfriend. That does not come from the Bible, folks. That's a relatively new term. These Christian pastors and families, now you got to start speaking up and standing on God's word. Y'all, some of y'all might know my scenario. I, in my house, know there is no dating. There are no smartphones. Them children do not have no internet access. No, they don't. You can say whatever you want to say. I don't have time to kick that can right now. But no, there's not any dating in my house. As a parent, I would charge you to be blameless and that you stick to what the Bible says. Your children will get used to it. They'll have to find their own way. But again, I can't kick the can. But let me read you this last verse as to why I illuminated or tried to the word fornication, pornea, selling off sexual purity, whether for gain or lust in the bowl of a prostitute where promiscuity and sleeping around lowers the woman or man in character, dignity and quality. Ooh, wait, that is a mouthful. Now, let's seal this whole thing up with Proverbs 1. Let's go right back to that contemporary English version. 
Proverbs 1, 24 through 33. It reads, you completely ignored me and refused to listen. You rejected my advice and paid no attention when I warned you. So when you are struck by some terrible disaster or when trouble and distress surround you like a whirlwind, I will laugh and make fun. This is God talking. Proverbs 1, we're reading God's word. You will ask for my help, but I won't listen. You will search, but you won't find me. Proverbs 1, we're still reading 29. No, you would not learn and you refuse to respect the Lord. You rejected my advice and paid no attention when I warned you. Now you will eat the fruit of what you have done until you are stuffed full with your own schemes. Sin and self-satisfaction bring destruction and death to stupid fools. But if you listen to me, you will be safe and secure without fear of disaster. Ladies and gentlemen, Proverbs 1, 24 through 33. Don't you know the Bible says I am wisdom? That's what God says. God says I am wisdom. Another proverb is Proverbs 8. The, nearly the whole chapter is God saying, look, I'm wisdom. Folks, this is Boyfriend Occasion 3. Those are two sad stories. The one in Ohio, I mean the one in o Iowa and the one in Houston. I've given you those three points. I've asked you those questions. I've given you those verses. We've broken down the pornea, the fornication. My prayer is that you share this with somebody, that they will not be a victim of boyfriendication. Until next time. Hit the trash bag, preach the gospel bag. Matthew 28, 19, make disciples evolve. Make disciples one life, one death, one tie. Make disciples, make disciples.